Lego. 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 Hey, everybody, welcome back to Back to Brick. I'm your host, Garrett, and this is the podcast where we get to brick down and break down the bricking news. Uh, we also get to talk with some great Lego designers from around the world. And today we're going to be talking with Nick from Brick in Nick on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, Nick, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure to have you on. I can't wait to talk about some of these builds. You've, you've got a wide range of creativity, and I can't wait to, to get into that. So uh, let's give uh, our listeners a little update on uh, who you are, where you're from, and uh, what, what kind of things you like to build. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, my name's Nick. I'm from Toronto in Canada. I've been born and raised here and been uh, building all my life here as well. Um, I'm pretty much a lifelong LEGO fan. I never really had like a Dark Ages or anything like that. So I've just always really enjoyed uh, Lego action of all kinds, but definitely always been drawn into, in particular, getting creative with the bricks. I really got into it more seriously when I kind of discovered the online Lego community, primarily on Flickr, since that's really where it was uh, very focused for a very long time. Uh, Just seeing the caliber of builds that people were coming up with on there really inspired and drove me to continue pursuing my building skills. And that's kind of uh, how it took me to where I am today. Nice. And that is fun because you kind of evolve and it's always fun to find people that also didn't have a dark age. It seems that most people do nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Which that's fine. I mean, everyone needs a break, but uh, it is fun because then you you evolve at a longer period, which is great. Uh, Nick, let's let's get down to the first question I always like to ask my guests. And, you know, if you had a minifigure. So sig figs are pretty important to a lot of people, but some people don't consider it. And what I'd like to ask is, you know, do you have a signature figure or minifig that represents you? And it doesn't have to be exactly like you. It can be as creative as you want it to be. Gotcha. Um, I do kind of have some parts I will kind of go to for a sig fig type thing um i i I don't necessarily like it to like be fixed though necessarily and like have like one particular look i do sometimes for like special events irl wear a lego bow tie so i have to admit i was really excited when lego introduced the bow tie piece a couple years ago because that was something i was kind of happy to work on to my sig fig funnily enough though i actually own one of the lego brick costume things that like you literally put a lego brick on you i use that for a lot of like my charity streams and other silly types of streams that i do on twitch so it was really awesome that lego also came out with a minifigure wearing a lego brick costume so i kind of have a mix of different things that kind of represent the different things that i do irl and that's kind of how i like my minifigure I think that's cool. I also liked when they came out with the bow tie. They always have like those little creative things that they've done recently. Um, mm-hmm. I know they did the handicapped person, which was great yeah, because it's the first absolutely. time that they had that in any set. I think that was last year, two years ago. Yeah. And then uh, with the collectible minifigures, they come out with new parts constantly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's great for just giving people more options for different ways to do their sig figs, you know, giving them more pieces that help them match them to the interest that they're into and you know the styles they like and stuff like that so they're they've always been fantastic for that kind of stuff yeah and i can't wait as they continue to come out with more things like that definitely when it comes to your builds let's talk about lego so you said you've been a builder pretty much your entire life when do you think you started 
I would have to guess that it was three or four. I definitely have some vague, vague memories of doing some brick building. I won't say Lego building because I'm not 100% sure what I was using was Lego. It was some of the bigger building blocks uh, when I was like three or four years old at my grandmother's house growing up. So I definitely have some memories of just messing around with those. They were in a little bin. And I, w- I remember I always loved running to those right away when I got there and dragging those out so I could see what kind of silly builds I could come up with. I remember my first Lego set being from the uh, rescue theme. Uh, so just the theme with the little trucks and uh, water vehicles. They were all about rescuing various characters and natural disasters and stuff. Um, so I really loved that theme, of course, initially. And then I definitely had a, like a very strong interest in sci-fi. Uh, as well as maybe a little bit of military stuff as I was starting to get more into the mocking side of things, building my own stuff. But over the last few years, I would say my building has really just revolved around my interest, primarily gaming. So I love bringing, uh, you know, props and replicas of the, you know, the various video games that I like to play to life. What do you think drew you to the video game side of things? Uh, And you said sci-fi, did that kind of tie into that? Yeah, I would say, like, I definitely like sci-fi related video games. So, um, you know, I grew up on, you know, watching Star Wars. So that was a big part. I loved a lot of the Star Wars games, Star Wars Battlefront 2 on the PS2. Trying to think of other games. I I know I liked, like, games like Wipeout, like, very sci-fi futuristic looking kind of stuff. And I always liked any of the space themes that they came out, Lego came out with, of course, and I always looked for inspiration from them. And then I think I was like, I guess I had when I had stumbled upon the stuff online, I, a lot of the builders I had stumbled upon were also very into doing spaceships. So, you know, whether it was things like participating in events like November that centered around doing Vic Vipers, which is a particular type of spaceship. Um, it was kind of those things that had drawn me in. And then just like with my recent kind of and continued passion for video games, especially as I got into the world of Twitch and saw, you know, just how cool it is to and how many different people have different interests in video games. Um, I've, I've really been drawn to just bringing the stuff, uh, that I like to play with in the games I like to play, whether it's the maps, different types of weapons, uh, different types of characters and vehicles and stuff. Um, I've really, really enjoyed kind of bringing those to life. Oh, it is so, it's so fun because in a video game, you have not only the things that are like the mainstream, but like maybe you saw something in an offshoot of like a weapon mod or something you can definitely grab from. 100%. That actually reminds me of uh, the first build I ever did on Twitch was of an area in Destiny. It's called the Divide. It's like one of the first areas you ever interact with in the game, but kind of leave it behind. Like earlier in in the Destiny days, it was a little bit more of a common area, but now, especially if you hop into Destiny, you'll go through that area in your first mission and then you'll pretty much never really need to see it again. But I absolutely just like something grabbed me about that area. It was one of the first areas you got revealed to like a boss type enemy in the game too, even though it would now be considered a very basic one. Um, And I just fell in love with that area and the aesthetic of it and some of the details of it, like where some of the chests were hidden, some of the planetary materials you had to collect um, and some of the enemy types in there. So I really, really enjoyed it, kind of having that be the focus of of one of the first builds that I live streamed. And with those builds, so I kind of wanted to dive into that. So I'm Please. not a Twitch streamer, uh, and I don't know much about it. Totally let's, yeah. yeah, so let's talk about it. What, okay. I guess, how does Twitch work, and how did you become sure. a Lego Twitch streamer? So Twitch is uh, a live streaming platform. It's mostly known for people live streaming video games, but it is a host to a massive variety of different type of content, whether it's art related stuff, cooking, 
music, um, and pretty much anything else that you could think of that someone might want to live stream, you're probably going to find it on there. Um, I discovered Twitch uh, back in 2015, uh, which was around the time I was really getting into Destiny as well. And I think it was actually through Reddit. I had like seen people mentioning Twitch streamers, and that kind of had just piqued my interest. Um, so I went exploring, kind of, you know, found the Destiny community on there, seeing a bunch of cool people, you know, allowing you to come and play with them, which I was like a mind-blowing concept that you could like play with a person that you were watching. Um, and then I think at the same time, it, it just so happened to be that they were kind of pushing and promoting creative content on Twitch. And I was like, oh man, like this platform's massive. I had no idea it existed. I'm like, there's got to be people doing Lego building on here if, you know, they're they're encouraging and promoting creative stuff. So um, I went searching and searching and searching and I couldn't find like anything. I think there was maybe one random stream where someone had built a Minecraft set and that was it. And I was like, wow, this is wild. Like this platform's huge, it's growing, uh, but there's really no Lego content on here. I'm like, what if I maybe like started doing that and like became, I don't know, like the Lego guy on Twitch. Like maybe that's a possibility. So I just decided to give it a go. A couple months later, I, you know, cranked up my first stream. I was doing mostly gaming and a little bit of building, and then I kind of switched over. But now I, I pretty much only do LEGO building on Twitch. And it's just really, really fun and really cool getting to share in the process of doing creative building. And I do do sets sometimes on there, too. It's nice to chill out with some sets. But it's really, really fun just having an audience there to watch, chat, even sometimes brainstorm with, like get ideas for builds, get inspiration from the people you're watching. Uh, some of my Lego building friends will sometimes hop in and suggest techniques that I might not have thought of in the moment and stuff like that. So there's just a lot of different ways that you can kind of take advantage of that live environment uh, when it comes to Lego building. So how do people jump in? Is it more of in a comment sense or can they actually yep. actively it talk to you? It, it is people some people do choose to have like open like vo voice channels and stuff like that um i i like to keep it to chat so if someone hops onto twitch.tv slash brick and nick while i'm live they'll see there should be a pretty active chat going there they're gonna be able to see me on screen as well as the lego build that i'm working on i usually like to keep a slideshow of past builds on there too to you know hopefully grab some extra interest from people maybe they can get excited when they see a build from a game they know or a movie they love or something um, and then we'll just be chatting and chilling out, talking about the build we're working on, you know, Lego news, if there's new sets coming out, um, sometimes video game movie news as well. So, you know, if there's like a new Marvel movie dropping or some new episodes of a TV show, uh, we're always chatting about stuff like that and just really sharing in all of our, uh, you know, collective passions and interests and getting to know each other and uh, just enjoying some company while we're doing some nice chill Lego building. How long do your streams usually go for? Is it just however long you want it to, or do you have like a planned time frame? Yeah, so with Twitch streams, I would say most people do actually have a schedule and typically a normal amount of time they go live. It, it can definitely be flexible. I would say the majority of my streams fall between maybe like two and a half to four hours. I have done five 24-hour streams in the past. I, I've dropped Whoa. those completely there. <laughs> Yeah. They were like kind of a trend for a while, but I luckily I think uh, people have realized they're just really not good for you. And so uh, it's it's lost a little bit of its memento as being uh, a, a type of trend. So that I, I've done, I did my last one earlier this year and I, I promised to never do one of those again. I think the longest I'll do now is 12. Um, but yeah, usually I'm live for three to four hours at a time. And I actually, I, my schedule is 
uh, Sunday and Monday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern and Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just like a TV show, it kind of makes it easier for people to have an idea of when they can expect to find you and helps them kind of build a, a routine or a rhythm of knowing when they can come and expect to to find your content. It is good. Be, I mean, I do the same thing with the podcast where you have, yeah. I do Monday for interviews and Friday for news because it, yeah. it they have a schedule of like, okay, I know when I need to listen to these things when they come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I had the same idea when you said with uh, Twitch, you didn't really find anyone. For me, it was the same thing with podcasting. It, yeah, it, you didn't awesome. find many in the Lego world, maybe two or three total. And I'm like, wow. well, this is a this is a very oh, and then Lego started doing their own podcasts, which uh, they did it just as I was starting to. But <laughs> <laughs> the timing, um, the timing. Yeah, really. <laughs> so with your builds, you you talked about being young. When did you start getting into your own designs and and the idea of like, hey, I I want to bring this this thing to life in in Lego. Honestly, from a from a very young age, like uh, some of my oldest mocks, I would probably say are from when I'm like eleven or twelve. But I even have memories of like spending time. Weirdly, one memory that sticks out to me is me building like animals for a zoo with my sister. And that must have been when I was like maybe five, six or seven, because um, I remember the builds being very, very basic. But I was always drawn to the creative aspect of them. And it didn't take me long. And like Star Wars was definitely one of my favorite themes growing up. And I had a lot of the sets around. But it didn't take me long to start like feeling that need to steal pieces. Honestly, my shelves were probably pretty pathetic looking with like half completed builds because I just had, you know, realized I needed to rip out a couple of pieces from a set to do one of my creations. Um, So, yeah, it was it was from very, very early on that I really liked getting creative. And in that creativity, you know, some of your scaled sets, they're pretty, you know, compact. Do you like working in a smaller size model? So I see that you you do like, uh, I'm not sure what they're called. It's like you have a grouping of uh, Are you talking some about models. the viewer build requests, probably? Yes, yes. Typically on a white background. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I will say I really do love small detailed builds. Um I think like and especially over the last like maybe 10, 15 years with how many different small Lego pieces Lego is kind of adding to the library of parts. I think it's Mm -hmm. really kind of uh, allowed people to expand what you can do within a very small space. I definitely have a love of small builds. You will find lots of large builds in my life, too. I do like life size props. I think there's something cool about like being able to, you know, have a build at an event and being like, hey, you can hold this. You can take a picture within it. It's like this thing that you love from that game or whatever. So there is an aspect to that, too. Uh, but going back to the viewer build request, that's something I do on Twitch uh, typically twice a week, depending. Sometimes it'll be once a week. Sometimes I'll take some time off from it. But normally it's a thing I do on Monday and Wednesday um, where I let our viewers kind of suggest ideas in the chat. I'll take the first 10 ideas that they suggest, throw them into a poll, and then we'll all vote on them together. And whatever gets voted on, I will build in a limited time with a limited amount of parts. So that's why those builds might look a little bit simpler than some of the other stuff that I do. But the idea is that I want to show people that no matter how much Lego you have, you can always build pretty much anything. And it's just about finding creative ways to use the pieces that you have available to get the look of something that might be recognizable. So my aim with those is I always post them without saying what they are. And I try and let people see for people who weren't in the stream you know, I want them to come on to Instagram or my Twitter or whatever and like see if they can actually figure out what all those things I built are. Because if they can, then it just goes to show how creative you can be with even just a few pieces. Yes. And I had a the Lego master from Melbourne, Australia had the same thought. He's like, 
well first like it was during the pandemic but this is in mm -hmm. the same sense through the streaming you can build almost anything with like less than 100 pieces yeah. it just takes that sure. little bit of creativity and the understanding mm -hmm. like hey this is the parts you have you could probably still make anything out of it you just have to take that second to create it yeah just figure it like for me it's always just like what are the important details of this what are the best pieces I have to create the representation of those details? And then how do you bring those various details together to create, you know, the overall feeling and impression of the thing that you're trying to build? And like, that's what's going to, you know, allow people to recognize it and get excited when they see it and be like, oh my gosh, like that's that thing. So yeah, totally agree. And, you know, with your, your Twitch, you, you continue to expand. I see you have YouTube and you got your Twitter. How did mm -hmm. you make the impact in the Lego community? So I, I see you're part of fan expos and you do interviews and you've even done some with the American uh, contestants of Lego masters. How, how do you get involved with things like that? Um, it's a very mixed bag of things. Like sometimes I get random emails. Uh, that's how the fan expo opportunity came together. That was where I got, actually got to interview a Lego designer on behalf of Lego for a panel at that convention, um, they kind of reached out to me and were like, hey, we're, you know, we know that you're in Toronto. There's this event coming up. We think you'd be great to be kind of a moderator and interviewer for this, uh, you know, Lego panel we want to do. You know, sometimes it's just really putting your stuff out there and hoping that someone might kind of catch wind of it. But I've definitely reached out to a lot of, you know, companies and events and stuff like that to try and make things happen. One of my favorite kind of examples of that was in... Uh, 2017, shortly, you know, like two years after I was kind of really into, you know, the Twitch community and stuff, um, I was hearing that TwitchCon was coming up, Twitch's big yearly convention that they do in California. And they had opened up submissions for panels, but I had an idea that wasn't a panel, but I'm like, I don't really know where else I would throw this. So let me just submit this and see what happens. So I wanted to basically do um, an event similar to what happens at Lego Store Grand Openings, where they build a model out of just two by frick two by four bricks and then they build giant two by four bricks at the event and all the people there who attend can build bricks and contribute to bringing all those bricks together to do a giant large-scale model of the miniature model that's built out of two by fours so i designed a twitch logo in this way and i like did the design i talked about how it would be coordinated and how it would be really great and interactive and a great way to introduce you know people to the fact that lego building's happening on twitch um, and oddly enough, they reached back out and were like, hey, we'd love to do this. Let's get in, you know, in touch and, and talk a little bit more. And it ended up happening. And that's now a, a Lego model that was brought to life by thousands of fans at TwitchCon in 2017. And the model even lives at Twitch HQ uh, in San Francisco. Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're you're part of the Twitch, like, I don't know, brand now, knowing that you have the, way, the Lego way, build there. Yeah. In a way, yeah. <laughs> I've had some cool opportunities with them for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, it looks like you've done really cool models. And I've seen these before. You're the, the Lego movie with the crane set, and then you do the Lego movie 2 logo. Mm -hmm. how, how did you, like, think about doing those? Or did you just like, oh, I, I like the idea of the construction for the first set, and then the second was the space style? You're pretty much right on the money there. It was just like, I was really excited about the movies coming out, of course. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us had dreamed of, like, a primetime movie coming out for Lego in general, when, when we were growing up. So when that was finally happening, um, it was just something I couldn't pass up on, you know, making something happen for. Um, and I thought it was really cool that Lego themselves had gone ahead and designed 
the logos for the movie out of Lego. They designed them at a massively large scale though. So it wasn't, you know, feasible to try and emulate that. But I was like, maybe there would be a challenge in me trying to scale that down to be something reasonable that I could kind of take to events and display. And that's kind of how both, uh, I, I had the two Lego movie logos and the Lego Batman movie logo done mm -hmm, and in that mm -hmm. same style. And then I just added my own creative flair. I did my own design for the crane. Uh, for the original one, for the Lego Movie 2, I made like a giant space background and did micro scale models of some of the iconic spaceships from the movie. And then the Lego Batman logo was just more of the challenge of the scaling down of it. Even though I did it at half scale, it was still over four feet long. So there was a lot of logistical Jeez. challenges <laughs> in having that be physically sound. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would believe that something of that scale is hard. And especially if you're going to hang it or try to display it at all. Yeah, I actually, tr what I ended up doing with it was trying to focus the weight of it into the very bottom of the point of the bat. And mm -hmm. I, then I inserted that into like a giant stand. So it actually balances all within like a two by two stud area. Um, and then it's just like surrounded by a bunch of Lego under that. And miraculously, the weight worked out in the way that allows it to actually just <laughs> stand like that. So. Sometimes nice. you get lucky with Lego. That's really how it goes. Trial and error and you hope it works out. <laughs> yeah, stability is always an issue and weight. Mm -hmm. So you're just like, ah, how do I balance it without it's losing the integrity of what I'm going yep. for here? Exactly. <laughs> so some other things, you know, I've seen you on Lego Ideas and I yep. know you have, I think, three you've done. I'm trying to remember. And I'd like I've, to just... I've submitted four projects in total. Okay. Um, one of them expired. My first one expired. It was of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. I, I, I think I ended up kind of having bad timing with it and that the Winnie the Pooh and the Winnie the Pooh set that's actually out now from Lego Ideas was submitted just before I had submitted mine and they happened to get lucky with catching some traction on it. I think it, it turned out to be a fantastic build. I really enjoyed it myself. And the, honestly, the designer that, you know, like had done it with his kids and stuff. So it had a really great story. So I'm definitely mm -hmm. not like super salty about that or anything. I think it's I think it was a great set uh, and turned out really well. Uh, my second project I ever submitted was of the Tesla Cybertruck, uh, and that actually had made it to 10,000 supporters. Unfortunately, it was rejected, though I am certainly thinking about maybe resubmitting that one in the future, a little bit closer to maybe when the vehicle launches. Um, hopefully, there'll be maybe a little bit more hyper interest around it at, by that time, or and LEGO will maybe hopefully see more of the value, though who knows why <laughs> it didn't get approved. And then I've got two projects currently. Uh, I've got a Fall Guys project up. I really, really enjoyed Fall Guys, especially when it launched. Just thought it was such a fun and silly and like happy-go-lucky game in a way. Like even when you were losing, you couldn't help but be laughing because of just how silly it was. And I thought it kind of blended well with kind of the joy that Lego brings. And then my most recent one is a 3D model of the original Lego brick pattern. Yes, and that's I. Well, let, let me just say, all of them caught my eye, and I think I supported all of them because that Thank they're all so great. And yeah, of yeah. course. And I the Winnie the Pooh, I thought it was a great idea, and it it does come almost down to timing because I mean, certain things. What did I spot the robot? So I'm like, oh, I'll build that, and then I can make it mechanical. Somebody just po posted it about a month ago, so I'm like, mm -hmm. well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but no, it really timing can play a huge factor for sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I have to say, huge supporter of the Cybertruck. I actually have one on order. Amazing. So when that comes out <laughs> and yeah. uh, your model's great because it's the perfect scaling. And then you also have the uh, the Cyberquad ATV. Yeah, I wanted to work in a lot of details on that one. So it was really fun coming up with those along the way. <laughs> yeah, that that is cool. And I'm I, I'm sorry you didn't get the 10 or get 
chosen. It seems that they're avoiding Tesla uh, and SpaceX. It, they're not agree. doing any of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like they just don't want to talk to Elon for some reason. Uh, and, uh, and honestly, yeah. like <laughs> as much as I love Tesla, I love SpaceX. It, it's it's certainly hard to ignore sometimes like Elon. Like I think he, in a lot of ways, I do think he's a genius. He obviously, you know, kind of built space up X for up from the ground kind of took Tesla from its early days and really made it into something um, unique and, you know, has really pushed, uh, I think, the like the idea of electric cars a lot more forward than they would have been otherwise had he not like, you know, made Tesla happen. But he also says and does just a lot of really strange and weird stuff. And like, he's probably not necessarily Lego brand safe. So I wouldn't necessarily hold it against them if that was maybe the reason why. <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, he's crazy, but I love him. Yep. Uh, <laughs> because of he, how crazy he is, he gets gets to those places, and people just support him. And it sucks because the the two people that are actually also uh, co owners or founders of Tesla just gonna get pushed to the side because everyone thinks yeah, it's Elon. It's true. It's true. And yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll come around and maybe have some of these. Because if we get to Mars, they better have a SpaceX set. To agreed, get, agreed. yeah <laughs> and then for your patent um mm -hmm. what gave you the idea to do that so i had i after like kind of the let's uh, i'm gonna be harsh towards myself i'm gonna say the failure of the Cybertruck ideas project um i really wanted to look at like what things were getting approved on ideas what kind of sets were mm -hmm. lego focusing on in general and i think a lot of us have noticed over the last years it's been pretty hard to ignore but they've been very focused on kind of adult oriented sets uh, art pieces you know the lego art theme launched within the last years and they've certainly done a lot of like household display items so i just kind of like was browsing the web and like thinking about like what are iconic lego things or what are iconic things that people like to have around their houses and uh while i was doing that research i kind of stumbled upon the like i'd noticed a lot of people were selling prints of the lego brick patent and I was like, well, isn't that kind of silly that you would buy a print of the Lego brick patent and not like have a Lego build of it? And I was like, I wonder how feasible it would be to actually try and do a 3D model of this that still does a great job in representing what the Lego brick patent was all about and how it looked. And I just started going for it. And I was really surprised with kind of how I was able to recreate the 3D like views in a like that are 2D in the picture, but brought to back to life as a 3d thing in lego brick and then i just focused on kind of um mirroring a lot of the aspects of the i don't know be, being the text and the numbered labels and stuff and just integrating them really cleverly with some snot work and tiling um so that you could kind of have all of those visual details still present as well and then i was like you know it's obviously cool as something that you can hang but maybe not everybody has wall space available. So what's another way that you can kind of display this? So I actually managed to figure out a way to take all of the pieces from the stand or the, the frame and turn them into an easel. So it's actually a little bit of a two-in-one and that you could either build the frame and hang it up on your wall or build an easel and have it display on a desk or a shelf or wherever you might like might like to in your home. That's creative to use the same bricks too because, you know, instead of adding a double the amount of bricks, it saves mm -hmm. the same thing. So anyone that wants yeah. to hang it on the wall, they can, or they can change it. And they're like, oh, we moved. I can't hang it on the wall here. Nope, that's fine. Make an easel. Exactly. And I like the art series. I do. I've I've been trying to re um, retro-engineer the pillars of creation that they did for the... Uh, shuttle launch um oh that's and awesome yeah yeah it's taken a long time but i'm gonna be very <laughs> proud to be able to build it uh and display it behind the shuttle once i get it but that's the art so, series so good though 
Oh yeah. And it's so creative too, because it's the same thing. Like you said, it's three dimensional. I know the guy, what's his Truman, uh, Lego Truman, who just got approved for the Van Gogh, um, Mm -hmm. starry night. And, uh, it's the same thing. It's that three-dimensional aspect um, yeah. is really cool. And I hope it's, like, idea sets are great with that because they're not as expensive because the uh, the late, the art ones, and they came out with the world map, that's so expensive just yeah, for, like, a couple tiles. And I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. and then you just leave out all the color of the land. That just, it, it seems like it was a missed opportunity. It's a, it's a little bit of an odd set, a little bit of an odd set for sure. Uh, and, like... Like, I do think, like, you know, if you want a unique world map, it's certainly a cool option. But, yeah, the price point's pretty wild. Um, I do like that they're encouraging creativity with it and not, like, necessarily, mm-hmm. like, this is how you have to build it. Like, there's all these fun, colorful pieces go crazy. But, same time, like, I do think it's it's probably going to have a fairly limited audience. Yeah. I And the price point, they're pushing at the adult side. So, yep. hopefully, we get some more that are just a blend uh, and a lower price mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I think I think the Van Gogh one that Trubin did is definitely a great example of like that's I think that's going to have a great balance. Like I could easily see them working that into like, you know, like hopefully the like 80 to 130 dollar range, which I think would be super reasonable for like a decent sized art piece that's going to look awesome on display. Oh, yeah, I, I think that would be good, especially with ideas. They try to get the price down lower so that they can give people mm-hmm. the opportunity to buy these things. Yeah, I exactly. think the only expensive one was the treehouse recently. Um, treehouse and i think barracuda bay would be oh yeah barracuda bay is the most expensive at 250 yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i i hope all the best of luck to getting this in i appreciate a lot i would love to hang that on my wall because it just looks cool the three-dimensional aspect is it just adds that literal depth (laughs) to the piece it's actually one weird thing about it is like some people have kind of told me like that they thought it was like a picture or um, like they didn't realize it was an actual Lego model, which like, like me having be the one who built it, like it's obviously impossible, like almost impossible for me to imagine it being anything but a Lego model. But like hearing that, like people are thrown off by the image of it and like a little bit confused by it. I'm like, man, I like, I, I guess this kind of toot my own horn, but it's like, I almost did too good of a job and that like <laughs> people actually can't tell it's a Lego model anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and I that's where I was like, oh, this is cool. Another print. Oh, nope, it's not print. And then you get to zoom in and get to appreciate yeah. it more. Yeah. But I, I think that would be cool in, a, in like people's houses, right? Because like you walk in, maybe you see that on the wall from distance. It's like, oh, that looks like a really nice like, you know, print or whatever. And then like you walk up closer and like, oh, my gosh, wait, this is like an actual Lego set. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I hope it gets approved. So we'll we'll cross our fingers here. Thank you so much. So. Out of all of your sets, all the things you've built, do you have a favorite? I do. I do. Um, For the longest time, it was the Lego Movie logo, the original one that we had discussed earlier. Um, That one had definitely jumped out as a long time. It was probably my most popular model for many, many, many years. Uh, The Lego Movie accounts had actually shared that on their social media and stuff. It was like the ultimate recognition for, you know, the build and stuff. Um, But just last year... I had been working on something that was intended for ideas. Um, unfortunately, my timing with submitting it was just ended up being terrible. Um, but I built a kind of sort of working Lego Nintendo Switch. I managed to design a build that's almost exactly in scale with a real Nintendo Switch. and actually features sliding Joy-Cons that click in when you slide them in. So they give you that really nice, satisfying kind of Switch click feel. 
um, or Joy-Con click feel. And then I, another thing I wanted to throw on top of it was having like swappable games. Cause I, you know, having a Switch build would be cool, obviously, and the Joy-Cons were great, but I wanted there to be that kind of added element that really took it to the next level and inspired people to get creative with it. Uh, because, especially because it was originally intended for Lego ideas. So we designed like this cartridge that on the back just kind of had a clean black screen look, but you could actually slide it out, turn it around and slide it back in. And you would see uh, this like 3D build of whatever game you might have designed. So I teamed up with a friend. His name's Set to Build. He's also a, a streamer on Twitch. Um, and he did some amazing designs uh, of like micro scale versions of a scene from Breath of the Wild uh, from Zelda and a scene from Animal Crossing. And so like you could actually pull those little like game dioramas out and swap them in. So it really just kind of uh, showcased that you could put any video game you want in there as long as you could get creative and build it. That's very creative. And I know that didn't they just do they did a contest, wasn't it for like a creative Nintendo thing? I, I can't remember if they so did I, that. I, admittedly, yeah, we actually ran a contest in the brick building community. Um, we have to have like a discord and stuff that we kind of encourage people to join to stay connected with other Lego builders who do Lego content creation. So we ran a contest. I know tips and bricks featured uh, some of the builds from that recently, as well as the, build mm, of the Nintendo switch. Yes. Um, yeah. So some awesome people out there. And, um, yeah, like we, we got like, I think 30 plus entries of people just coming up with awesome little designs of different video game scenes based on their favorite video games. And it was really cool to see how different people interpreted, like what kind of scale to work with there. Some people went minifig scale, some people went micro scale, some people went macro scale and like made things even bigger than they might've been in the games. Um, and like took very creative games too, and like different creative, like perspectives for it. It was really, really cool seeing just like how much possibility there really would have been for the build, types of builds that people could have worked into it had it maybe made it to lego ideas um but unfortunately it was not allowed on there because i submitted of the it the same week that the lego nes was announced um, uh. <laughs> so yeah I, at that point they had decided to basically not allow any other nintendo projects on ideas um so my timing just stunk unfortunately <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's still a great model, and the clicking Indeed. just Indeed. makes it that extra little uh, something, which is nice. Yeah, no, it was really, really fun to work on, and I'm super proud of, like, how it turned out and the scale of it, and um, I, I, I honestly hope LEGO comes out with a, a Switch someday, and maybe I'll see some, you know, some aspects of it that maybe I could tell myself are inspired by my build or something, but um, yeah, it was, it was a really, really fun project to work on, and I still want to build more game scenes for it someday. Like, I want to do Pokemon and some Mario stuff. Um, cause I definitely see tons of potential and different styles of builds for it. Oh yeah. And then you got to do the new Zelda game that's coming out and exactly whatever Zelda else will come goodness. out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotta happen for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, you know, as we wrap up, I, I appreciate you coming on today. This is really fun because you've got so much to talk about the, the Twitch streaming, the Lego designs, the contests you do. It, it's awesome. The, Depth that you. You, <laughs> the depth that you've done is great because it seems that you're extremely dedicated to to lego and uh, it, it shows in all your work and i think that's kind of why i always lead to this question is in general and in everybody it's different but how do you think lego has really impacted and changed your life it, it it's like the reason my life is where it is right now um it's it's genuinely like difficult to imagine what on earth i would be doing if i was not 
like building my whole life around Lego building, pun intended, I guess. But yeah, it's it's really just bit, you know, inspired so much creativity in me that like I feel like a lot of people would find it difficult to imagine that you could, you know, pursue a career in Lego building. But I think just like me being so persistent and keeping at it and finding unique ways to kind of showcase my Lego building passion um, has hopefully shown people that no matter what your passion is, if you're dedicated to it, you love it and you put the time and effort and, you know, maybe you have a little bit of luck along the way with it. But I, I always say, um, like, you know, having opportunities happen is like 98% hard work, 2% luck. It's the hard work you do that'll make the lucky moments kind of take place. So yeah, I just, you know, have always put a ton of time and effort into my Lego building and, you know, how I go about my content creation around it. And I've been lucky enough to get to the point that it is my full-time job to do Lego building and all the associated content creation around it. It's great. And that's, you know, some goals of a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's mine eventually to do that where I can yeah. build and podcast and do all this. Mm -hmm. it, it's just such a great community to, to continue into. It, it's not like you're yeah. joining and it's always competitive. I mean, there's competitive aspects to everything. That's why we have Lego 100%. contest, but it doesn't mean that we have to um, be belligerent or vicious against each other. Agreed. Agreed. And I, and I do feel like with the Lego community, like, like you said, it's so, you know, supportive and welcoming and um, there's just so many great people uh, tackling, you know, Lego content creation and stuff in so many different ways um, that it, it really more feels like a rising tide lifts all ships kind of scenario where it's just like, you know, if someone's doing great, chances are that's going to benefit everybody else who's doing, you know, similar types of stuff. So the more people that we can all help expose uh, you know, Lego and the Lego building community and the Lego fan community too, the more people are going to become fans of it and start to discover all of the different things that people are doing with it. So I, I definitely want to just continue to see the Lego community grow. And it's it's awesome, like even just how much, you know, the podcast space and grow. And it's amazing to hear how long you've been doing it for, because I have no doubt a lot of people will probably credit you for being a pioneer in the community for that. Um, and it's, you know, it's people like yourself that are just helping make this happen in more and more places. Well, thank you for the kind words, and I hope it yeah. does. I hope more people get out there and, and build something like this, you know, build a Twitch stream, build a YouTube, yeah. build a podcast. Just do get, all the things. Yeah, do everything you can. You know, I, I really appreciate you coming out, and I wish you the best of luck with your idea submissions and all thank of your future so builds. I can't wait to see what you do next. I am excited for whatever that might be. <laughs> thank you so much for having me today. It was awesome chatting with you. You too, Nick. And for everyone out there, please check out his uh, Twitch stream and his Instagram, Brick in Nick, all one uh, one word. And yep. you can definitely follow him uh, if you want to send out your schedule again. So if people want to watch on Twitch. Absolutely. Yeah. So I stream on uh, Sundays and Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time and Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. There you go. For all those people that like to watch Twitch and Lego, this is a great opportunity for you to go and check that out. Thanks again, Nick. And for everybody out there who's listening, thank you for tuning in. If you're a new listener, make sure you subscribe. And thank you for listening. I appreciate it as the show is made for you guys. Please make sure to reach out if you're interested in coming on the podcast on my Instagram at back to brick 2 or if you're just interested to uh, talk about Lego. We're always here to do that. And I'll leave you as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something.